0: It is time for another week of Around the Nest, Jay talking our way around the Toronto Blue Jays minor league organization. I'm Jesse goldberg Strasser with the Lansing Lugnuts. This is week 13 of the 2018 season. There are things to discuss. We are coming off the 4th of July holiday, and before that, the Canada Day holiday. So whether we're representing Vancouver or whether we're representing New Hampshire, Buffalo, Dunedin, Lansing, Bluefield – etc. There were some big crowds, there were some big moments to talk about. Plus, the Futures game rosters have been released, and there are a couple of Blue Jays minor leaguers on there. We see the Eastern League All-Stars were released, and there are a number of New Hampshire Fisher Cats on that list as well. Let us begin this week as we go from the top of the ladder right down. I try to shuffle things up, but we are going to start this week in Chipotle. Let me bring in the voice of the herd, Pat Malacaro. Pat, how is your Fourth of July holiday?
1: Yes, it was good. We were in scranton wilkes taking on the Rail Riders. The way the International League did the schedule this year, and um, folks don't know, every team in the league will be hosting on either July 3rd or the 4th. So the entire league travels uh, that night. Buffalo and Scranton, they, they've sort of made it so that you play two home against one team and then uh, another two in that other team's city. So everyone in the league had a similar schedule. And we were in scranton wilkes for uh, what was a rainy day, in that area, it was very hot and humid. Uh, we started a couple minutes late, but it, it was a fun uh, fun day in scranton Wilkesbury And the day before here, uh, we had our 24th annual uh, Independence Day celebration. That's usually our biggest night at the ballpark every year. We had about 16,300 fans in attendance for a pro- program that took about an hour. It, we have our Buffalo Philharmonic Orchestra and a huge fireworks show uh, that takes place after the game. So it's a pretty big deal here, uh, and it was a fun two days to be a part of.
0: Let's go back to your last victory on July the 1st. Another great Sean Reed Foley start. Six innings, two hits, no runs allowed. That against Syracuse. What have you seen from Sean Reed Foley?
1: He has settled down quite nicely, and he'll make the start again tonight against the Chiefs. Um, His changeup is something that Pat Hankin raved about when he was uh, the acting pitching coach about a week ago, and he really threw a lot of changeups. That's something that uh, the game plan was for him to throw his changeup a lot, we know it, how good of his fastball hit it is, with the 95 to 97 on it. There's a good wipeout slider, but the changeup is a deceptive pitch that he throws uh, very hard and fast as well. And it, when he started mixing that in more, he started getting more outs. Maybe not necessarily strikeouts, because he's had a 10 strikeout performance, a nine. You know, he's had a lot of strikeouts, but uh, the changeup induced a lot of ground balls, and it it made for a uh, good day for the Bison fielders who are active in in a part of the game in a big way.
0: What else did you learn from Pat while he was in town?
1: Well, he's, he's a guy that just brings a lot of uh, knowledge here. And uh, I talked to Pat a, a few times. He comes through a couple times every year. And I talked to him a lot about Ryan Barucci as well. And he's another guy that, you know, has used his change up a lot to be effective and just how, how he sees a lot of these young prospects. Now Barucci, two big league starts uh, into his pro uh, MLB career. So just, just talking to Pat and getting some of that. Uh, instant feedback on some of the guys that are here is invaluable when you've got a guy that's won a Cy Young and a World Series winner. I mean, it's hard to hard to ask any more from a guy like that.
0: The Futures game rosters were released, and there's a Buffalo Bison who's going to be playing on the American squad. How about Danny Jansen getting the honor?
1: Yeah, you know, if, I, if I'm Danny Jansen, I'm going to need a lot of rest over the next week or so. Uh, he's going to be going to the Triple A All-Star game coming up in a couple of days, and then he'll be heading to Washington next weekend so he's a guy that's going to be very busy and very active over the next 10 days or so and it's a well-deserved honor for Danny I think finally healthy for the second straight year he's getting a lot more of the publicity and a lot more of the recognition that he would have gotten had he been healthy all along and he has lived up to the billing of a top 10 prospect in the Blue G organization and I don't think um, it is lost on him
0: joined by Pat Malacaro voice of the herd Pat, I'm looking at your promotional calendar right now for the Buffalo Bisons. Which one are you, are you looking forward to the most? Is it Conehead Day or is it Carnival Day?
1: Conehead Day, for sure. Someone who grew up coming to the ballpark for now all 31 years of this, uh, this place. And a few times when it was at the old ballpark, although I don't really remember it, uh, Conehead has been one of those fixtures that he's been selling beer. And like the character from SNL, he wears a Conehead. He wears a jersey, a Bison jersey. Corresponding with what the team's wearing that day for the most part. And his slogan is If you get a warm beer from me, you know you're drinking for free. And that's been the slogan for 40 years. And for as much as baseball is a part of summers here in downtown Buffalo, people like Conehead are a fixture of baseball and summer in downtown Buffalo. So uh, I'm excited for it tonight. There's been a release of a special Conehead IPA beer. Um, Now, I'm not an IPA fan myself, but I've tried it and it's pretty good. So um, those will be on sale again here tonight for, for a little while longer through the season. So it's a well-deserved honor for a guy who uh, works his tail off here uh, for 70 games a year, and, and it's uh, been a fixture of baseball here in Buffalo.
0: I think that's wonderful. The Buffalo Bisons are 38-41 and 41 right now, looking to break a four-game losing streak tonight. And you can find Pat on Twitter. It is at Pat, P-A-T, and then W-G-R. Pat, any last thoughts this week?
1: No, I'm just looking forward to things. It's a little crazy because our all-star break is, does not line up with the major league one this year. So I'm uh, looking forward to a couple of days off coming up and then getting right back to it in Lehigh Valley next week. Looking forward to talking to you next Friday, Jesse.
0: Enjoy yourself. The voice of the Bisons, Pat Malacaro, on Around the Nest. And now let's march our way down the ladder to A New Hampshire. Let me bring in the voice of the people, Tyler Murray. How was your all-star? Uh, how was your – forget the all-star. How was your 4th of July holiday?
2: Jesse, hello. It was wonderful, everyone says on that day, right, what's better than uh, some minor league baseball and fireworks? And we had a wonderful day with a wonderful crowd here, as usual, in New Hampshire.
0: Let me go back before that. I went back to July the 1st with Pat. I mentioned it because of Sean Reed Foley. Let me mention it with you. You have quite a few Canadians. How was your Canada Day?
2: Oh, spectacular. One of our uh, favorite uh, photos on social media this year is with – all of our canadians on the road in uh, trenton new jersey uh tyler zickle one of the best photographers we have here in our uh, in our building at, at the very least uh took a photo of everybody all the way from our uh guys drew mcdonald and ryan maydell the strength and conditioning coach to the athletic trainer several players on the squad of course jordan romano connor panis and then you've got uh, vince horseman the pitching coach as well and uh, uh, Andrew Case, everybody knows, is the uh, other Canadian on the squad. So we got plenty of them. It was a, it was a fun day for him.
0: I just spoke with Pat Malacharo about his Futures game representative. Danny Jansen will be the starting catcher. Uh, how about Mr. Bo Bouchette representing your New Hampshire Fishercats at the MLB Futures game?
2: Yes, we're very happy for Bo. I mean, you you know him. It's his second time in the Futures game, so you could say Bo is uh, too cool for school, almost literally, if you look at his, uh, his upbringing. But a pretty impressive nod for him, 2017 and 18. Uh, making the futures game, and yeah, he uh, another notch in his cap. We're uh, we're very impressed with him. I think we were more excited for him in the front office that he made it than than Bo was. But we can't wait to watch him go uh, on the on the biggest stage there is, of course, for the prospects. We're uh, we can't wait to see it. And uh, yeah, I heard you and Pat talking about Danny Jansen. Great stuff. And I, I asked our uh, manager John Schneider about Jansen because the story last year was well, he's finally healthy and he figured out he had astigmatism. So helped out his uh, vision, helped out uh, what he was doing at the plate. But John Schneider telling us that it's way more than that. It's uh, just the natural development, the hard work that Chanton has put in. And not just because he realized he needed glasses or contacts, it's because all the hard work finally clicked for him, and and now he's really taking it to uh, just about the highest level you can be.
0: Speaking of a guy putting in work, and let's talk about one of those Canadians, here's the sounds of the Pan Man.
2: Birdie at third, first pitch to Panis, swung on and lined over the second baseman, set out to right center field. This one splits the gap and heads all the way to the wall. Panis at second base, now he wants three. The relay throw from Canelo, not in time. Connor Panis, an RBI triple, and the Canadian starts the scoring on Independence Day, one nothing, New Hampshire.
0: Connor Panis has hit safely in nine consecutive games. He has hit safely in 11 of his last 12. He's getting his bat going. He
2: really is, and he's uh, been grinding away. We saw April and May and even most of June um, some good quality at-bats, but the numbers weren't showing it. And he has said out loud multiple times during the last few weeks that he finally feels like he's locked in, finally feels like he's figured out double-A pitching. We know the talent is there. This guy led all Blue Jays minor leaguers with 21 home runs last year, including three in the postseason. So you know when Panis feels locked in, it's trouble for the rest of the Eastern League. He uh, had another home run yesterday, which just got over the 306 sign out in right field, but certainly still counts for his fifth homer of the year. A lot of extra base hits, and he's really becoming a force in this lineup. We've seen him at cleanup lately. He'll be back in the five spot tonight behind Kevin Biggio and Harold Ramirez. So as we uh, anxiously await the return of Lad Jr., uh, believe it or not, Connor Panis has provided – A pretty good stopgap in the power department, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what he can do next.
0: I do believe it. That was something I talked with him about, that entering Lansing two years ago, entering Dunedin last year, he realized, look, I'm not a priority coming in. People aren't expecting too much from me. And over the course of the year, he got better and better. It's fun seeing him do the very same thing for you this year.
2: It's been great, and uh, we've seen some strong defense from him out in right and left field as well, and it's good to see the confidence growing. Connor Pantis is uh, unlike anyone I've ever seen, somebody who believes in himself, and uh, we're impressed to see what uh, that's finally been able to uh, come to fruition in the form of some great hitting. You mentioned the hitting streak, and it's not just one hit a night, not just a single here and there. He is driving the ball and doing it at a a pretty impressive rate.
0: Lastly, Tyler, there was something that broke – Right before, uh, it was last Friday, as Around the Nest was coming off, or it was right around the same time, that was New Hampshire's All-Stars. How about your Fisher-Cats All-Stars this year?
2: Oh, man, I mean, six selections this season. Five are going to be participating, of course, with Vlad Jr. uh, Not quite ready yet. It sounds like he'll be back uh, soon, but uh, not in time to participate in the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game. This is one of those years where, uh, you knew there were going to be a good chunk of Fisher-Cats selected, and uh, Jordan Romano, Jonathan Davis, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, T.J. Zoic. I mean, there's a, no argument at all against any of those guys making the all-star team. I, I think we're all the most excited for Jonathan Davis, 26 years old, the best leadoff hitter in the league, the best center fielder in the league, top three in stolen bases all year as well. And for him to get his first all star all-star selection, Uh, at this stage in his career, uh, such a wonderful achievement for him, and we're uh, we're very excited for him.
0: You can go to nhfishercats.com to check out the promotional schedule coming up. We've got Margaritaville on Saturday, the replica jersey giveaway on Sunday for the old man of the mountain. Beautiful. The New Hampshire Fishercats, and he is the voice of the people, the Lieutenant Tyler Murray, Tyler underscore underscore Murray on Twitter. Thank you very much for joining me.
2: Jesse, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Give up the great work.
0: Sounds good. Went from Tyler in AA. Now we go to A Advanced, and let me bring in Jim Tarabokia with the Dunedin Blue Jays to talk about some DJ's action and what's going on in the Florida State League.
3: But first, listen to this The pitch! Popped in the air, left center field shallow should be the game. Lundqvist coming in, gives way to the oncoming center fielder, Palacios, who makes a two-handed catch. And the ball game is over as the Blue Jays pick up the victory here this evening by the final score of 4-2 over Tampa, splitting the quick
0: two-game set with the Tarpins. You know that voice, that's Jim Tarabokian. Uh, Jim, how are you?
3: Oh, What an awful voice, jeez. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. How was your 4th of July holiday? And before that, how was your Canada Day?
3: Oh, Canada Day was great. We had a big crowd, uh, bigger than, you, than usual on Sundays. And a lot of people liked that Hockey Park giveaway, that's for sure. So uh, that was that was a real good one. I think they should uh, do that again next year. But um, it was good. The Canada Day was great. And uh, July 3rd was awesome. We big, Biggest crowd of the year. Great fireworks show. Big win for us. Uh, that put us over... Um, uh, over 500 here in the second half we've won two straight since and um uh, uh we beat fort myers yesterday in a doubleheader so now we're 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 sitting pretty two games back in the standings overall in the north division third place still bunched up but i think we're in a good position especially after starting out on and, four and losing as badly as we did what was it, a couple of sundays ago so um, you know, I've I, I seen our manager, Candel very happy with uh, how we bounced back. And, uh, you know, July 4th was great for me. I, I, took, I took the day off, and I was uh, at a, uh, sitting by a lake by my parents' house. So um, everything was going well.
0: How about that doubleheader yesterday? I'm looking at this on paper, and here's what I see. Urban Santana's on the mound for Fort Myers. Miguel Sano is right. in the starting lineup, and he's batting right behind Alex Kirilov, who is a great prospect. Patrick Murphy doesn't mind out dual Santana and defeats Fort Myers by the Casey Clemens Homer.
3: Yeah. I, you know, with Murphy, I, there's, there's been a tr- transition with him, um, his breaking stuff the last two times out and in, not including yesterday. Um, and actually uh, yeah, including yesterday. So the last three times out has been phenomenal. And, um, I, you know I, i'm watching him pitch and i watch his, his curveball snapped off um more now to the 126 variety and that thing just tilts and drops off the table the depth is unbelievable on that um it really breaks on three planes and that's what is uh, as may as you saw last year has made him so successful and then that slider uh, which comes in the back door with a late break, it, it, buckles, it means of uh, right-handed batters and left-handed batters just kind of give up on it. And it really started uh, against Clearwater on that Sunday where, where we lost, um, you know, we were up 5 nothing. we lost that game. And he was phenomenal that day. It was probably the best start I'd seen from him all year, if not one of the best starts. And uh, that's when his breaking stuff just started to take off. And I think that's so key for him because, you know, the first half of the year, he really was just a fastball, curveball-type um, pitcher, two-pitch pitcher with a – developing changeup and a fringe, um, um, I'm sorry, a fringe changeup and a developing slider. But now he's a three pitch pitcher with a developing changeup and he's gotten a lot more confident with that changeup um, growing it in, in, different times in the counts. He's not afraid to throw it, and he won't throw it as often. And so guys aren't expecting him to kind of give up on it and say, well, he's time to eliminate that pitch from their approach. And they say, well, he's not going to throw that, and he does, and he gets guys way out in front. And and there's pretty good velocity separation. But this fastball sits 95 to 97 as it does, and he throws that and pulls the string on that changeup at 88. I mean, guys are just—they're off balance, and they don't—they don't know what's coming, so they just miss it completely. And then you, you throw in that, that curveball and slider, and he's starting to develop into what people want him to be and expect him to be a four pitch pitcher. Right now, he's a three pitch pitcher that continues to develop that fourth pitch. That fourth pitch, but if he continues to the way he is on here, and um, whether he gets called up to Double A or not. Uh, sometime later in the year, he could be a four pitch pitcher by the end of the year and really live up to that, that high status that he has, um that he had coming into the year. So I'm I'm very impressed with what Murph is doing. And then you mentioned Casey Clemens as well. I'm happy to see that. A guy who continues to get better and better. Um he shortened his swing a little bit and um you know his father was working with him uh on the field, actually giving him uh, live batting practice a couple of days ago, which was cool to see too. So I'm happy to see that with Casey. He had a big RBI the other night on July 3rd and that go-ahead home run last night. So, you know, he's a, he's going to be a key factor in our order um, going forward. Um, and uh, he's got some protection now in the order as well. So we'll get some more pitches to hit. So, you know, we're all expecting a big second and half out of him. Uh, he's got the tally, he's got the tools, especially offensively to do it. Um, and we think it's really starting to come on for him.
0: Jim, let me stick with that July 3rd game because Gen Diaz. Struck at nine and six innings, only allowed two runs. What did you see from Jensey?
3: Well, you know, he continues to um, pound the zone with the fastball and throw it for strike one. You know, he's, you know to me, what I see is he's a three-pitch pitcher. And um, that changeup, too, really fades well to the arm side. Um, I think he was really buzzed because – and the nerves were there um, in a good way. For the big crowd that was on hand, and he was like probably mm-hmm. pitching again and Lansing, like with you know with you guys, always the big crowds and uh, I think he really enjoyed that his fastball ramped up to ninety eight miles an hour and I don't you know the thing about it with him and it reminds me of onhel for Belmo. these guys don't get rattled, you know, and that's that's what's so great about about Yancy and and what's great about you know Onhel is that they can go out there and have a tough inning, but they'll go back and have the next inning and strike down the side you know they really just uh, they don't give in. They don't, immensely, they just, they don't lose confidence. They just keep going. And that's what's really great. And that's what we need in our, we need to have in our rotation and continue to have in our rotation. So I was impressed with the NC and he just, um, you know, continues to get, you know, make big pitches and get the outs that he needs. And we did that again on um, on July 3rd.
0: Well, at Jim Terra on Twitter, DunedinBlueJays.com is how you can find all the information. And you can listen to the man calling DJs baseball. Jim Terra Bocchia, voice of the Dunedin Blue Jays' A-Advanced Blue Jays affiliate. Thank you very much for your insights.
3: All right, man. Take care. Have a good one.
0: All right. And now let's go down the ladder. Let me bring in from my Lansing Lugnuts, Dante DeCaria, talking about the Lugnuts, but beginning with this. Dante, how was your Canada Day?
4: Oh, I mean... It can't be any better. I had the opportunity to spend it with you, Jesse. We were calling a, a game between the Lansing Lugnuts and the Great Lakes Loons, and which lasted what? Um, was it the? It was a four-hour one, four-hour game. So, um, <laughs> I mean, couldn't be better. We were stuck in um, in a four-hour baseball game, broadcasting with um, about 105 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it was also really hot in Canada. I was actually really happy to be in the United States for Canada Day for the first time in my life because I was so tired of being in Canada for Canada Day just because of the weather and stuff like that. So I was really happy to, to be here with you, Jesse.
0: That was an unusual series where you and I are watching these games, nine innings, being played in three hours, 48 minutes, and we left. And the Great Lakes Loons took on their next opponent, and then they played a game in, what, three hours, 55 minutes in nine innings. Uh, it was yeah. it was pretty excruciating baseball.
4: No, it really was, Jesse. And It's funny how they set the all-time record for – the longest game played in nine innings with against us on that Sunday, July 1st, and then in, on July 2nd, they, they beat the record in a span of two days. I mean, you don't see that too often um, in the Midwest League and in minor league baseball or baseball in general. I mean, obviously there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with the pace of play, and um, I don't really know if you can do much to change it, but obviously that's a discussion for another, for another
5: day.
0: And then your very first 4th of July, your very first United States Independence Day. I you enjoy a crowd of 11,300 at Cooley Law School Stadium.
4: Loved it. Loved it. I mean, as a kid growing up, wanting to be a broadcaster. You always dream about broadcasting in front of those crowds. It was just fun to see everybody pack into such a beautiful ballpark that I'm sitting in front of and talking to you um, with because it's just probably one of the nicest ballparks in minor league baseball. And it was really cool to see all the fireworks. And just you know how hard the staff worked to put all this effort and time into such a, a great production and, and such a great um, product on the field.
0: I'm about to talk with Rob Thay about the Vancouver Canadians. Let's talk about some former Canadians who have been playing well recently. What have you been seeing from Jesus Navarro and Freddie Rodriguez?
4: Uh, let's start off with Jesus Navarro. As you just introd, um, I think Jesus Navarro has more confidence at the plate. I was just down there watching um, him. Uh, take some swings during batting practice and he is just pounding the baseball. He's squaring it up. And I think that's really what it comes down to is that he's squaring up the baseball and he's hitting the ball to left field, right field, the gaps down the lines. He's just doing a tremendous job staying with the pitch. We saw him hit two doubles over the past or over his past first eight games played with the Lugnets punched on the ground down the first baseline. And we've seen him rip a double down the left field line. So, I think that's really satisfying to see from Jesus Navarro because um, he's taking what's given to him. You know what? Take the ball. Send it down the right field line. You have speed. Leg it out into a double. Um, and then for um, Freddy Rodriguez, I haven't really seen that much of him. I know he's batting 300 with Lugman, as both him and Navarro are, but I just I haven't seen too much of Rodriguez just to uh, give you my analysis just yet. But the one thing I will say, I think he has great bat-to-ball skills, and uh, he's a pretty good defensive outfielder.
0: Lastly, Chavez Young's leaping catch at the wall yesterday. Is that your defensive play of the year for the Lugna? Ooh,
4: that's tough. Um, you know what? Yeah, I, I mean, that might be the defensive play of the year. We've seen some great defensive plays by this Lancey Lugnuts defense, both in the infield and in the outfield. I thought Ryan noticed uh, two diving catches a few weeks ago was, um, could top Chavez Young's catch. Um, just because he had to come in to get it, and he's not really a natural outfielder, he's more of a first baseman. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that could be the defensive um, play of the year for the Lancey Um And you know what? I mean, with Reggie Pruitt moving in the, to right field and Young playing more center, I think gives him an opportunity to improve more of that position because he's been playing better in center field. One more thing, just going back to Jesus Rodriguez, um, before, or Freddie Rodriguez, pardon me. Uh, before he sent it to Rob Fay, is that um, a quick note is that Rodriguez actually suffered Tommy John surgery. That's why he went from the Gulf Coast League to the Bluefield, suffered Tommy John, and then he had to start over, go back to Gulf Coast and to Bluefield. So I thought I'd just mention that before uh, we wrap it up.
0: Well, thank you. Yes, worth mentioning. Dante DiCaria on Twitter at Diamond underscore Dante, who calls the Lansing Lugnuts games with me, LansingLugnuts.com. The Lugnuts are home through the weekend, taking on the South Bend Cubs. Record of the team right now is 53-32. and 32. Dante, thank you very much for this week.
4: Always a pleasure to come on, Jesse. I, I look forward to coming on this show every Friday. That's why I love Fridays so much. So take care.
0: Dante, appreciate it. Let's go down the ladder. Now we morph into Around the Chest. and I bring on Rob Fay, the voice of the Canadians. Rob, how was your Canada Day?
6: Uh, mine is good, a little more subdued than Dante's. Who, so, by the way, if he ever wants to bottle his enthusiasm, I'm good for at least to purchase the purchase of two of them.
0: Uh, let's talk about your Canadians. Let's begin with this. It seems to me, looking from afar, that you've been playing some compelling baseball recently. True?
6: Uh, it's very true, Jesse. I'll tell you this the Canadians early in the season were completely
0: snake bitten,
6: just couldn't find a way to win. They were always like, uh, just a run short. For example, we're playing the Everett Aquasox, a minor league affiliate of Mariners. In the first three games against Everett, we lost twice by one and once by two. But for the last, I guess, just over a week, the Canadians have started to flip the script, and now they're winning by a run or winning by two. And we're getting contributions top to bottom. But the one consistent part of this organization right now remains the pitching. Uh, Jordan Farrett, who threw last night, was outstanding. Uh, Nick Allgaier out of the University of Iowa, selected this year, I think, in the 12th round. He's been fantastic. And a local kid, uh, a guy from North Vancouver, about 25 minutes away from our stadium, uh, Will McCaffrey has been dynamite. And McCaffer, of the three, was selected latest. He was taken in the 25th round. And I don't know how he skipped through the first 24 rounds. The 94 to 96, complete control of the strike zone, has a wonderful pedigree. He comes from a program up in Vancouver, actually the lower mainland if you want to stretch it a little bit, um, that has produced Ryan Dempster. It has produced Clint Hosford, Simon Pond. Uh, it has produced uh, it, it, the league itself has Jeff Francis. They can lay claim to Adam Lowen. So he's come from an organization that's got tremendous pedigree and knows how to churn out great major league pitchers. And he fits that profile. He's got the prototypical frame as well, 6'2", 185 to 190. And it is smooth as your mother's leg on her first date with your dad. Everything about him screams progression. And I'd be shocked if he wasn't with you guys before the end of the year.
0: I'm looking at the last time that I find that he pitched, July the 2nd. He comes in, he throws the final inning. Justin Watts struck out six in three innings. Joey Murray struck out five in two innings. What a dominating overall pitching performance for the Canadians that day.
6: Yeah, you know what? One of the guys that doesn't get enough rub in this organization when it comes to minor league development is our pitching coach, Jim Sikowski. Ty's been with us for parts of six seasons now. We have four rings with him on our watch, and I look at all of our pitchers that come from all walks of life. I mean, you know, you've got the high round guys, the low round guys, the guys that weren't drafted, and you sit there and you say, well, what's the one consistency that Vancouver continuously has good pitching? It's Jim Psykowski, who outside of the one year that he went to New Hampshire, has been with us our entire relationship with, Vancouver, or with Toronto dating back 2011. He is a pitching whisperer and i'm sure in lansing if you talk to dave pano for any length of time he will sing his praises as well this is a guy it is probably cursed that he's so good with young pitching as it's probably prevented his growth throughout the blue jays organization as far as the classifications go he could probably be the triple-a pitching coach or the coordinator with all due respect to jake ware but because he's just so good with these pitchers at the young levels probably where he's going to be for the next little while
0: Looking at the tail end of your bullpen besides Will McCaffer, uh, Kobe Johnson turned in another good outing the other day. What have you seen from Kobe?
6: Yeah, Kobe's obviously got some pedigree as well with Dean Johnson and the bloodlines. And, you know, the thing that I like about Kobe, and I don't know if this is an ACC thing, but I love kids that come out of the Dukes and the Florida States and that neck of the woods he pounds the strike zone. He doesn't sit there and waste pitches. He doesn't want to get the 2-2, two, 3-2. Two, two. He doesn't tinker around. He is right at you. If you're good enough, to get your hit. But if you're not, he's always in the bottom third of the strike zone. Uh, you think of that tic-tac-toe-like grid that they use uh, where the heat zones are. He is always down by the knees and uh, induces a lot of ground balls, uh, comes right at you on the inner third, and is a very, very heavy fastball. Uh, I remember when I was talking to pitching coaches early on, they would say there were certain pitchers that when they threw a baseball at you, it was like they were throwing a bowling ball at you. You talked to a couple of guys that have gone square to square against him, and they just say that it's always in on the hands, it always hurts, and it always rings your fingertips. And uh, that, to me, is a guy that also dreams progression before the season
0: is done. On the offensive side for you, just in looking for consistency, it seems like Tanner Kirwer has been there.
6: Yeah, Tanner Kerber, who also, he, you know what, his hitting is so enjoyable to watch because again, he's got a neat sense of the strike zone. Uh, he can work pitches away. He can handle pitches inside because he's got quick hands. But a prime example of Kerwer's game with Bill Kim sitting in the stands last night here at Everett Memorial Stadium Kerwer hits a lazy fly ball just over the glove of the second base and a couple of steps in before the right fielder, and he doesn't hit the brakes at all and comes around first, head first slide into second, beats the throw into the bag, and you sit there and you say to yourself, if you've got your coordinator, if you've got the big dog sitting in the seats, and they see that kind of hustle, Kerwer plays like that regardless of who's sitting in the stands. From game one to this conversation, Jesse, Kerwer plays 100 miles an hour. Um, it's a little... Sloppy at times, but if they can harness that energy, there's a prospect beneath that uniform.
0: Any final thoughts, Rob?
6: Yeah, just it was great to be in Canada for Canada Day. It was awesome. Everett did a tremendous job of the 4th of July, uh, but more than anything, I just think it's really cool that the Blue Jays have done something very subtle, and this is kind of a behind-the-scenes thing, and I really noticed it. This year, I don't know what department you give credit for the thumbs up to, but they've done a great job with treatment of transportation and
0: Glad that you brought that up. Rob Faye Nation on Twitter. Vancouver Canadians are coming back home to the Nat Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. To take on Spokane. Canadiansbaseball.com. Rob, thank you very much for joining me with your time this week.
6: Awesome, Jesse. I'll listen to the rest of the show, and thanks for your time.
0: All right. And we continue our way. The run below the Vancouver Canadians. Uh, that belongs to the Bluefield Blue Jays. Let me bring in Zach Helton. But first, Here's David Schneider.
5: Schneider tripled home Morris his last plate appearance. Another one of those would be big here. First pitch to him, fastball, swung on and driven deep. Left center, it is gone. Schneider, tattoos two, one, and the Jays up 6-0. That one was a no out Three more on the board, and things are starting to open up for Bluefield.
0: Zach, I bet you've said that a lot, haven't you, about the Bluefield offense, that they've opened up another game.
5: So far it's been a, a slugging season. Only three games in which uh, they've struggled to find uh, home plate, and uh, they've been their three losses. So it's been fun here early to watch this uh, Bluefield team and uh, just a bunch of good hitting guys and not to be shadowed by uh, great pitching staff as well
0: about Otto Lopez. He's now gone up to the Vancouver Canadians. What did you see from him that warranted that promotion?
5: He was sound defensively. Great second baseman. Uh, anywhere around the bag, he and De Los Santos uh, a very nice double play duo. It's kind of sad to see him leave, even though uh, Schneider has filled in rather nicely at second as well. And uh, he, was, he was savvy at the plate. He, he picked his spots and uh, a great backside hitter. Uh, Lopez is uh not going to stop at Vancouver he 's going on up here soon, i think
4: well let me
0: let me pause a little bit longer with David Schneider, whom we just heard hit that home run on the sound bite. What is it about him that you say These are his strengths. This is what sets him apart
5: he can uh he's he 's one of the most versatile players on the roster uh, he 's played second and third here so far this year. Uh, I've talked with a couple on the staff. He, he'll probably play in the outfield as well at some point. But uh, hitting 333 and kind of showing up the clubhouse saying, Hey, hey, where can I play today? A uh, couple of uh, extra base hits, four doubles, a triple, two home, home runs, and uh, eight RBIs on the year. Uh, he's one that uh, Dennis Holmberg's just trying to find somewhere in the lineup to stick him in because he knows he's going to need his bat throughout the night
0: let's talk about your lineup and talk about your pitching in terms of this. Are there any other guys that you would not be surprised in the near future to see them transferred right up the ladder?
5: I know, uh, Pardino's young, but, uh, he's had three great outings. Finally got his first professional win the other night. He's, uh, an ERA below two at one thirty-eight. Uh, he's second in the league in strikeouts. I, I hope to see him here all year, but, uh, you know, things happen up the chain that you can't control and Pardino, uh, is definitely one on the radar before coming into the year. So I hope he stays around. Uh, Sean Rakowski, 3-0. and He leads the league and wins. He got a win the other night at Pulaski. He's uh, right around uh, Pardinio as well, a 1.29 ERA uh, coming out of the bullpen. A couple of saves as well. Uh, he's got a live arm, and uh, not many bats have, have barreled up on Rakowski. So the pitching side of things, uh, you've got a couple of starters, a couple of relief pitchers that are looking really well. And uh, it seems like almost everyone in the lineup has been hitting. Uh, Dom Abadesa and D.J. Neal both in the top ten in the league in hitting. Alejandro Kirk continuing to crush. And Andy McGuire, the new guy, uh, he's he's, uh, an interesting story as well out of uh, Virginia, but he played his college ball at Texas. He's a pitcher on the roster, but he's played at uh, left field and first base so far in his first week here in Bluefield. So he's going to do a little bit of everything for you. Yeah, I spoke to his dad via Twitter the other night. I was kind of interested on how uh, he made it from Virginia to Texas. He's a, a, an athlete by uh, uh, birth, a swimmer. He, he was actually at a swimming camp in Austin, Texas, when he came home and told his dad, he said, hey, I want to I want play uh, ball at Texas. And they thought maybe he wanted to go swimming. No, he wanted to play baseball. And he, he worked his way and uh, played at Texas and has earned a spot here in Bluefield. And uh, here in his first week, he's uh, played tremendous at both left and first. And he's pitched a little bit as well. So it's uh, almost any night you can find out uh, where Andy McGuire is going to go and, and just kind of watch him and see what happens.
0: Tell me more about Alejandro Kirk. Because as I see looking at his stats here on paper, he stands five feet nine inches tall and weighs in at 220 pounds, according to my private portal. And he's been your cleanup hitter in all 14 of his starts. That does not describe an awful lot of cleanup hitters. He's your catcher. He's your DH. And all he does is mash so far, right?
5: Yeah, he has been mashing. He is a ball of fire. I tell you, he swings hard every chance he gets, and when it connects, it's going to go a long way. Here at Bowen Field and Bluefield, it's 399 to deep center with a 30-feet green wall, and you've got to clear it to get out of here. Alejandro Kirk did that the other night. It went about 430. He's leading the league in RBIs and uh, he's also a doubles machine as well. So any time Alejandro Kirk steps to the plate, uh, you're you're in for a treat. Whether he hits a bomb or strikes out, he's going to swing out of his shoes every chance he gets.
0: Luis De Los Santos already has four homers to lead the team and three triples. He's up there amongst the team leaders in a lot of different categories. Also, he's a shortstop. How fun has it been to watch him?
5: You know, uh, the offensive categories speak for themselves. The triples, it, it, he, he finds the gap, and he is out of the box quickly. Twelve RBIs, he's not far behind Kirk in that category, but he is so smooth at second base. Uh, he, he makes every play, whether it's routine or deep in the hole or back behind the back, look effort, effortlessly. He is so fun to watch. He's, he's a little bit taller, kind of a, a Derek Jeter, lanky shortstop type. And, uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, he's going to rise up the chain as well.
0: Talking to Zach Helton, the voice of the Bluefield Blue Jays. I was listening into one of your broadcasts not all that long ago because I saw that Craig Calcaterra was making that four right through West Virginia and into Virginia. How was it being covered
5: by Craig? It it was very fun to have him in the booth. Uh, He's not far from here. He's from Beckley. And where I grew up is not far from Bluefield either. It's in the Virginia side of things. So we kind of reminisced for about an inning about just the entire Appalachian League, how it's uh, came through the past couple of years, how the ballparks have evolved, how the players have evolved, and just uh, this region, period. It's always uh, fun to see the fans come out to the ballgames and the great hometown support when it was the Orioles we had the support. Now it's the Blue Jays and uh, it hasn't dwindled one bit. We've got a boosters club here that feeds the guys, and it's it's like one big family really here. And uh, Calcaterra, uh showed up, and I think uh, he wrote a couple of articles for NBC Sports, and he, he nailed it on the head, especially with our boosters and a couple of our fans who actually sit down from the press box.
0: Whenever somebody comes in from outside, it always opens my eyes to something that maybe I took for granted or never noticed or whatever it might be. And I thought, Oh, you know what? That is special. Was there anything that he observed or something that struck him that you thought to yourself, Oh, I never saw it that way before.
5: Well, it, it's uh, funny that you mentioned that it, he, uh, you know, uh, just some of the fan support we have here, he he was kind of uh, in awe of, of our booster club and how they support the club, you know, at home, and on the road you know they're they're taking guys from the ballpark uh to back to their apartments after the ball game they're here early uh fixing meals the pregame meals uh they're taking care of this ball club and it's and it's something sometimes at this level you don't see and uh, a lot of the ladies and men here as well uh take care of this club and it's uh it's fun to see those relationships kind of grow as the year goes on.
0: Finally with Zach Helton, voice of the Bluefield Blue Jays, a question written in on Bluebird Banter, and that is, based on his agent performance so far in Bluefield, is there any chance we see DJ Neal promoted to Vancouver anytime soon?
5: I tell you what, he's top ten in the league in hitting four twenty, uh nine extra base hits, twelve RBIs so so far. Uh, you know, any any day I come to the park and I see a roster change, I'm almost scared to say uh, DJ Neal has gone. Uh, he could go at any moment, I think. But I, I, I'm hoping, uh, just being a little selfish here, that he stays in Bluefield a little longer. But once he makes it to Vancouver, uh, you guys over on the West Coast are going to be in for a treat.
0: Oh, and I do have one more thing. Cal Stevenson, just looking over your team's stats. Do I have this right that in seven games he already has 13 walks and 13 runs scored? Yes.
5: <laughs> yes, he has found uh, multiple ways to get on base, and uh, he's got a great lineup behind him. He, he'll get over and – and. Uh, He's still, on, I think he's still in a couple of bags as well. I may have to look. I don't have it in front of me, but he finds a way around the base paths, and and he's one that uh, can read a low ball or or can can recognize, hey, I need to go, or I can make it from first to third. He, he's got that uh, base running savvy, and once he gets on, it's uh, you can almost bet good money he's going to score.
0: Well, wonderful, Zach Helton at Zach, or I should say at Z underscore Helton. On Twitter, BluefieldJays.com is how you find all the information. Zach, I appreciate you joining me this week on Around the Nest.
5: Thank you so much for having me. And that does it. That is our tour right
0: around the system. We went from AAA all the way down to Advanced Rookie, Buffalo and Pat Malacaro, New Hampshire and Tyler Murray, Dunedin and Jim Tarabokia, Lansing and Dante DeCaria, Vancouver and Rob Fay, and lastly Bluefield and Zach Helton. I'm Jesse Goldberg-Strassler. This has been another week of Jay talking away around the Blue Jays organization. Find us on Twitter at Around Nest. I'm at Jay Goldstrass. Most definitely, patronize, support the minor leaguer who helps us out so much, and BluebirdBanter.com, our SB Nation partner. And that does it for this week. We'll check back in with you in seven days' time.